0: Welcome to When Pigs Fly. We're uncovering Cincinnati's rich business history from the 1800s to today. We talk to companies to learn the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, what it takes to grow a successful business, and to simply post to future innovation. I'm your co host, Patrick Bailey
1: and I'm your other
0: host Allie Martin and today we are talking to Jennifer aka J Washington from mm-hmm. he- Headspace who's a senior community manager and probably right off the bat people are probably like uh what's headspace and yeah. what the hell is a community manager <laughs> do tell <laughs> so headspace is an app that you can just download on your phone as an individual and you know Allie if you're stressed you can just pull it up and y- it. you can take a few minutes and just like recompose yourself
1: so wait so Patrick this app how does how does one de-stress with this app if someone's just paint a picture for people
0: yeah so literally you're logged in and it gives you instructions on what you can be doing whether it's breathing techniques and it's also coaching you through it as you're trying to be more mindful it's your little Dalai Lama yes it is your little Dalai Lama which is a perfect segue in today's history nug- nugget the 14th Dalai Lama I didn't know there were 14 of them I guess that's because of they reincarnate but he came and graces us with his presence in October of 2010 to receive an award from the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center.
1: I love that.
0: And so, you know, it was really cool to, you know, have a historical, important political figure come visit us in Cincinnati.
1: Well, I think that's the biggest thing is, right, the Dalai Lama is the epitome of, like, creating community of mindfulness. And that Mm. is going to be really what we're hitting home on today with Jay. I think it's important to note we're not going to be talking a lot about Headspace, the company itself. We really are going to be diving into community, building community, not only within a company, but also how is a company building community outside with a service or product, hence an insert headspace, you know, how are you creating that engagement? But at the end of the day, we're really going to be covering how to be mindfully helpful, how to create a company culture that's healthy. And Jay Mm. is gonna walk us through those steps as to what she's been able to implement in Headspace and throughout her career. So I think that's gonna be really interesting. And it's really really important.
0: It really is important. And that is, you know, ultimately, It is monetary, you know, beneficial to companies to be more mindful and create uh, community spaces for their, not only for their customers, but also for their employees.
1: Could not agree more because actually May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so she fits perfectly into this conversation. And this has absolutely nothing to do with anything, Patrick, because you're bringing in the Dalai Lama and I have to bring in this ridiculously fun Cincinnati fact. And the only connection here that we have to this is the fact that her name is Jay. And my fun Cincinnati fact, history fact, is that Cincinnati allegedly is the start of protecting our citizens from jaywalking. We were probably like, God, where are you going with this? Again, it has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but I just think it's really fun because they have the same name because in the 1920s, when automobiles started to reach around the speeds of like 25 miles per hour, Unfortunately, someone was struck, and that was the beginning when Cincinnati petitioned and said, we must protect our citizens. It has nothing mm. to do with what we're talking about. Absolutely but nothing, but I fun. guess it does
0: explain why, you know, America has this anti, you know, jaywalking philosophy. So thank you, Cincinnati.
1: Yes. <laughs> hey, th- here's the connection. We had a very strong community where everyone came together and there petitioned. You go. So there you go. We, were, we created community, <laughs> and with that said, let's <laughs> learn how to do that. Let's bring her in.
0: Well, Jay, welcome to the pod. Glad to have you on. And so just want to start off, give us a little history about yourself and what you do currently.
2: I am Jay Washington, native natty girl from Cincinnati, born and raised, graders, Krogers, and Skyline against the world. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I said it and I meant it. Um, fingers. <laughs> um, community builder, have been working in the community space before community was cool and a viable industry. Currently at Headspace, working as a senior community manager. My journey as a community manager has been vast and broad. And again, coming from a place like Cincinnati, where not only there are 52 neighborhoods, but a scrappy attitude, um, I was able to take those skills and move it into a space where organizations and specifically B2B are now understanding the benefit and the positive ROI that community management can bring.
0: So how did you get started in community management? I know like you've been involved in Cincinnati. So where did that come from? How do you become a community expert or guru?
2: <laughs> Heavy, no pressure, no guru, constantly learning, but do feel like I am someone who has, through the exploration of interaction with human beings as it pertains to creating a space for honest constructive feedback and conversation i think we are all sort of intrinsically born with the community gene i just was Mm -hmm. able to find spaces in corporate america where the correlation could be made between companies and their customers and so community to me is like-minded individuals talking amongst themselves in a safe space honestly about similar ideas, products, services, individuals, purpose. So community for me is just the ability to engage with each other honestly and openly to achieve a common goal. And I think I've done that no matter what the space. For me, community was founded in working in spaces like sales and marketing and uh, after support care in a way that allowed me to Speak to a customer honestly about expectations, take their constructive feedback to a company, and in return, create this relationship that offered this viable reciprocity that equated in sustainability and long-term engagement between the two. Did you always know that you wanted to go down this path? I don't know that I knew it was specifically community management. You know, there wasn't a name to it 20 years ago. You know, twenty five years ago, but I did understand really early on that I had this ability to connect people, and that people trusted me in um, spaces where there were a need for difficult conversations, and Mm. that I felt this need to honor that in a way. I thought, you know, politically and being politically correct sort of did us a disservice because we were so Mm. focused on being polite that we couldn't have honest conversations.
1: So what is your opinion about vulnerability within, yeah, within the workforce? Look at you talking
2: my language, Alice. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, I think vulnerability is a superpower, and if you can leverage it in professional as well as personal spaces, you can join the Justice League. I mean, like, it's really about being honest with yourself. And knowing that and showing up fully and almost raw or rarely that people Mm. will, it will resonate with people. And that offers you the opportunity to have those honest conversations.
1: I'm just thinking about vulnerability, right? Because you think of work-life balance, professional versus personal. It's really, I do agree with you. It's really important to be trans. I I like to try to be transparent in all aspects of my life. Where do you think that line is though of vulnerability
2: in the workforce? You know, I think like anything, you have to be very clear about who you're offering access to. And mm-hmm. like everything else in life, there are layers. And the closer you get, you know, I use the artichoke analogy. I believe we are all very much artichokes. Humans are like artichokes. We're made up of many layers. And the closer you get to the heart, the more tender things are. But you don't have to offer everyone access to the heart of the artichoke. It is yeah. okay to offer people various layers of that artichoke and still still be authentic and still be able to share constructively without necessarily giving away something that isn't valued. Because in the business world, often when things are given away quote unquote free, there's this Mm -hmm. assumption that there's no value to it. And so this idea of protecting oneself, this idea of reciprocity is grounded in the idea of understanding who values access and who does not.
1: So are you guiding those that you work with on how to have those
2: types of conversations? I think so. I think one of the earliest lessons I learned was like being realistic about the expectations, meaning a customer being realistic about expectations and then a company being realistic about what you're asking of your customers. And I learned very early on that you could have conversations that created that understanding. And from that, you built upon this relationship that ultimately, like any relationship, is grounded on honesty, trust, and again, respect.
0: What do you think I guess was the switch from the old frame mindset of like mm. don't show your emotions at the workplace mm. and or your
1: stoicism? Yeah.
0: Know. To this, you know, I think nowadays most businesses, like your your coworkers are your now your friends and family because yeah. you're working so much. There's really no such thing as work life balance anymore. It's all mm. just life. Yeah. Um and so where do you what what do you think caused that switch to be more vulnerable and open to these community conversations as well?
2: Um I think you th- you think about things like mindful leadership and you know the business community understanding that there has to be this shift in the narrative, that if we're truly working from the top down and that you are leading by example, that these honest conversations, some of the visionaries early on in in various industries, but for me, most recently in tech, those brave young leaders who are willing to be open and honest about their trials in the journey of building a business, allowed others to then explore what that might look like in the hallowed halls of their organizations. And that kind of leadership trickles down along with those people on the ground who are community builders using those tried and true formulas of active listening. You know what I mean? To, to create those safe spaces and ultimately building a better company in those spaces. What is your best tip on active listening? hmm Listen twice as much as you speak, and Mm. listening doesn't stop with hearing. It has to go to comprehension. So if you don't get what I'm saying to you, so again, listening twice as hard as you speak to really grasp what is being said is the formula to me for the formula of success for active listening.
0: We actually just had a great conversation with a startup founder about Mm. this how, Mm -hmm. you know, the startup industry in general, like, in order to overcome the current, you know, lack of diversity in tech that you know active listening is going to be a huge portion to solve that so thank you for that was there ever a time that you realized that hey maybe i need to be the change in that organization to open it up and to help this organization become more vulnerable because ultimately it's going to help our customers in the end was there an instance that that happened for you
2: Well, not, I don't think specifically. I think little things happened over a course of time that it's like breadcrumbs. You start noticing this trail leading you someplace. You would have a conversation with a customer. You take it to your manager. That manager is a visionary and a leader, and they're able to dissect what is happening, taking that to leadership in a way that they then understand. So through a series of community connectors within an organization, That creates this domino effect that ultimately gives you this aha moment like, hey, oh my gosh, just like in real life outside of corporate america just like in your personal life, mm-hmm. relationships are built on these honest conversations with these fundamental truths and that's create that's what creates deeper connection and when you have that deeper connection it creates loyalty and you know loyalty in personal spaces are just like loyalty in company spaces you know, that idea of brand loyalty. It's built on the conscious consumer understanding that they hold a power that companies need and that they are only interested in supporting those organizations that follow those fundamental truths of active listening, you know, the things that we talked about previously.
1: The foundation of, yeah, those morals that keep them going and understanding your overall why. Yes. I imagine too. What is, what is the purpose? And your your an individual purpose and the company purpose. So right what on. would you say is your why and then also Headspace is why?
2: Mm, I can't speak for Headspace. I'll just say that. But my why is that it is our obligation to leave the world better than we found it. How do you do that? Well, you get to choose. But for me personally, it is, again, leading by example, by example building a better human in me that will then allow me to share my superpowers, my gifts with others, that then allow them to show up. You know, you talk about how it happened in Headspace or in other organizations for me. I just show up as me and the magic happens. It's not something... That's really calculated. It's the, the bravery of vulnerability. It allows mm-hmm. you to be who you are. It allows it to resonate with those individuals who get it. And mm-hmm. then they tell two friends and they get it and so on and so on and so on. It's really beautiful.
0: So this is actually a perfect time to ask you. So how are you using your why at Headspace?
2: You know, I use it in the way that, again, communication is really important. You know, for me, communication is really important. And so being able to articulate to our partners why things like mental health and mindfulness are important not only to their organizations, but to the communities, which are the organizations on a fundamental level. The why for me is being able to articulate well a belief that I have in a product or service. And when that belief is strong, there's not much selling you need to do. And again, the conscious consumer is tired of the sell. Mm -hmm. They want the truth. And that truth usually comes from their peers and thought leaders within the space. And I believe I can connect those two dots.
1: What is your opinion on the integration of technology, Mm. social media, and the balance with mindfulness and um, communication, all of that? Basically, again, your why?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, COVID has made it very clear the power of connection through the virtual spaces. Yeah. And so whereas before many believed social media and those virtual spaces were recreational. There's a better understanding now with a forced need to connect in non-traditional ways, the value of being able to use those virtual spaces
1: mm-hmm. to
2: continue the legacy that community has built. And that is connecting people again under the umbrella of something common, whether that be a product or service or a belief mm-hmm. in a way that allow them to engage, empower, enable each other to be better by way of product service belief.
1: Well, now, what if someone has a hard time tapping into their, owned, their own self-awareness and their own mindfulness? What, what do you have to say to that? And
2: what would you want to say to them? Um, get, my, get headspace. <laughs> um, and I Perfect. mean that sincerely <laughs> because, you know, it's, it was founded by two humans who were very much on their own journey around mental health, mindfulness. You know, Andy Puddycombe was a Buddhist monk for 10 years. He was also in the circus. I mean, those two combinations alone uh, (laughs) take you on a journey that is all about mindfulness. But it talks to people about the importance of self-care. And that didn't start with meditation and mindfulness, but meditation and mindfulness gave us a better understanding through fundamental principles about mm-hmm. how to incorporate that self-care from a mental the connection between mental and physical like the correlation yeah. how your mental state can impact your physical state and that physical state is felt both in professional and personal settings so how
1: does one as a leader actually implement a healthy
2: mindful mm. office I think it is a matter of, like any other benefit, healthcare, therapy, it's a way of offering you an avenue, an alternative avenue to taking care of Mm. oneself. And so Mm. you introduce it uh, in in, in a way that says, hey, just like exercise works your physical body, Mm -hmm. mindfulness, meditation, breathing, music, move, all of those are you know, mental calisthenics to build a better space in your mind.
0: Besides, uh, you know, Headspace telling their employees to download the Headspace app, yeah. how do they, I guess, build, you know, that culture of mindfulness and mental health? In and the- your
1: role in that too, mm-hmm. like Okay, being a part of the community aspect, I think is really interesting.
2: You know, it's so funny. They are rich, you know, mindfulness can come in many forms and meditation is one. And so they've, from the very beginning, incorporated meditation in the everyday work world. Like at 10 a.m., they would gather collectively, those who wanted, not forced, in a common area and they would host a meditation. Do you know what I mean? In that space. And so building from the inside out, this Mm -hmm. culture of, you know, truly being connected one's mind and body was what it was founded on. And so for me, bringing in, honoring that legacy and my ability to connect community, one of the things I do internally is host a monthly open mic at the organization where we find a safe space once a month and we showcase our superpowers, whether that be showing up vulnerably, performing a song or reading an excerpt from your favorite book. It's connecting each other through our commonality. How do you get people excited about that, too? Because I think if
1: for some companies, if it's on a large scale, right, and maybe everyone's working remote or whatever that looks like, you might not even know some of the people that you're working with or ever met them. How do you get people excited for those types of moments, especially if it's done
2: digitally? I think... It's again, the difference between being competent and and great at your job. It's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I think there are people born to do certain things. I am fortunate enough to be born to be a connector. Um, (laughs) And so again, people trust me. They understand that in me showing up vulnerably and honestly that it creates a safe space for them to do the same if they choose to accept it. And so people just tend to naturally gravitate to me and some of those conversations because they trust that I will honor them and the conversation in those moments. Oh, how important then is acknowledgement and taking initiative to acknowledge others. It's paramount. I see you is everything. Mm. And I am here not to judge, but to understand is everything. You know, when people can come into a space in a world where often you're judged before you're even able to open up your mouth. You know, there's something to be said about coming somewhere, being yourself, faulty and all, and being okay. Why do you think
1: people, and maybe this is just my perception, do you feel like people aren't seeing and hearing
2: each other today with Mm. everything that's gone on in the world? I think we have become a little tone deaf to each other. I think there are several factors. One is how can you hear beyond yourself if you can't hear yourself? Do you know what I mean? And there's that self-reflection, self-care, self-awareness, There's also so many distractions now in the world, and oftentimes we use those distractions as a crutch, and sadly, a crutch can only serve you for a limited amount of time. I often use the analogy that crutches and physical therapy are the difference between enablement and empowerment. Ultimately, my goal is to empower you, which is more physical therapy. it's painful, it sucks for the you know first yeah. few months of it, but it's building it something yeah. Yeah. yeah whereas yeah. a crutch serves you in the immediate. but if you use a crutch for forever, you never strengthen the muscle and at some point it becomes a detriment.
0: From the business perspective, what were the outcomes, I guess, from you, you know, starting, you know, this kind of like open mic night and, mm. you know, helping facilitate the ability to see others and to empower others? What were, I guess, what were would you say has been some of the, you know, results?
2: You know, we've had, again, during COVID, a better sense of connection, cohesiveness as an organization as a result of these open mic forums, and I've heard that from leadership down to, you know, uh interns and contractors. There's this sense of belonging where if we can come up and I can talk to you about a struggle I'm having, you can say, Hey, I've had a similar struggle. And
1: mm-hmm. it creates
2: this web of connection, solidarity. It goes back to like again, like I see you, yes. having that understanding.
1: Yes. That that's not because it's 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 not tangible, yeah. but it, it's, and it sounds very, you know, hippy dippy. I mean, it was like yeah. cliche. It's an energy. It's, but it is. You yeah. set that standard. Yeah. How does one restore a broken culture and community mm. in a company?
2: I think you first seek counsel from said community. You know, mm. what were the things it's, this is, this is not a solo journey, It requires the participation of all. There's a accountability and a responsibility that each member of the community holds. And so coming together to do the hard work, talk about what broke community, you know, you have to figure that out before you take the steps to fix it.
1: Yeah, and are these one-on-one? What would you, you know, would these be one-on-one conversations, or these focus groups, or how do you actually
2: start those conversations? Yes, with your yes, voice? and yes. Yeah. Um, I think it starts with you in your safe spaces within your work group, your peers. But it's also mm-hmm. having collective conversations. I've noticed that you know, as organizations discover diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. It's having a variety of conversations, both collectively on a broader scale and Mm -hmm. individually within teams and or between managers and um, their direct reports or peers um, within Mm -hmm. a team. So it's conversations on various levels.
0: Conversations on various levels is one way to go about it. I guess just taking the D, E, and I, you know, Mm -hmm. initiatives that Mm -hmm. a lot of companies are you know i guess putting more focus on nowadays mm-hmm. um what is the proper way i guess to go about it right like what is the what is the most i guess effective uh, not proper but effective well i'm like way? i
2: don't know the best proper <laughs> way because i have not been proper since jeeves and i went to the you know country club in 74 i don't know I the queen <laughs> no 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 all i know is that you know and i i am not an expert but what i am Is a diligent student. I am a diligent student in this process, and it's really often about trial and error. It's finding the blessing, it's finding the magic in those moments where you're able to acknowledge you don't know and you don't get it, but you want to know and you want to get it. It's being open and honest about where you are, where you stand on Mm -hmm. any given and being allowed, like I am very big on respectfully agreeing to disagree. So many people struggle with that. Like it's either I'm right or you're wrong. Like you have to see it my way. And I don't necessarily think that. I think yeah. I just need to understand where you're coming from so that I can then decide if I want to to continue to engage or respectfully bow out. And that's OK with me, too, because communities are built on the idea of connection. And if we don't connect, that's OK, because you may connect somewhere else. And that's where the magic then happens.
0: So COVID, post COVID, I know. We've, I feel like Ali and I talk about this at least yeah. once in a podcast. Yeah. episode. you guys But it's do. like still relevant. You do. It, uh, relevant. It, it, you do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> but so, how is Headspace going about you know the next year and you know continuing to build that community, but also keeping tabs on people's mental health and the mindfulness, virtually at least. Well,
2: you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm not sure if you know that, but May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so, you know, it's education is so important. And I think one of Headspace's strengths is using the science of mindfulness and meditation to educate people who maybe in the past were less likely to follow the more Buddhist approach to meditation and mindfulness, who felt a little bit more intimidated by that. Well, let's take it out of a space where you're less comfortable and bring it to the sort of logical, fundamental facts of mindfulness and meditation. Let's bring it to the science for those who are more focused on the science. And then from there, provide you a space where you can explore it in a manner of which you're accustomed and comfortable.
0: During this past year, people have started more. You know, at least in Ohio, people have started more businesses this year than any other year previously. When starting a business, what do you think some are some ground rule like foundations to make sure that you're starting this culture out strong?
2: I think you have to have rules of engagement. Like, let's get some fundamentals down, some foundational rules. I guess I don't like the word rules though. Let's get some fundamental truths within your organization about Mm. what what we are doing and the why, you know, you guys, we talked about the why all those things are core at the foundation to build upon. You can't have something shaky. You can't just have a product without a clear understanding of not only who your market is but who your ideal employee is can we explore that wait that's i you literally just read my mind
1: because i'm thinking from the hiring process right because not everyone's going to be jumping at the chance (laughs) to play with calculators and and that's okay and there's a space for everyone but there are so many different cultures and businesses out there the hiring process how does one go about that to know that they're building a healthy culture and
2: healthy environment you know, one of my favorite podcasts of your guys' is the most recent one with mortar. You know, oh, Talking yes, to Alan. Yes, with Alan. Yeah, yes, Alan yeah, Woods. Um, Shout out to them. Fan, yeah, a huge fan of Alan. We go way back yeah. like Flapjacks and a tall bah, stack. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's being you know, it's teaching people from the very beginning what some of those realistic expectations are in business.
1: And mm-hmm.
2: so understanding, you know, things like development and marketing and, you know, brand identity will help you build a better organization from an HR perspective. That's finding employees who can do the job at hand. Mm
1: -hmm. And again,
2: you may not necessarily be uh, fancy on finance, but you know, that's an aspect of the business. So it's finding people who are who can also speak your language they're bilingual and trilingual within that business space they may mm. speak finance but they also speak marketing and you then someone yes i want translators <laughs> i want translators mm. you like
0: build community for customers and you use software mm. can mm-hmm. you explain to us like how the hell does like tech help build community
2: you know again using the the tools of AI and new technology in a way that allows us to explore how we can become better humans, better stewards, better ambassadors for product services, each other. And so tech is just using various tools and resources to navigate. It's a science. It really is. And so organizations are very keen on finding visionaries and leaders in those spaces that are able to build a better community, build a better system. Let's get into the
0: nitty gritty of that, the science. What are the metrics you're looking for? What do you wanna track? What do you want to see, you know, from the data side of things?
2: Yeah, you're looking for core data or metrics are engagement. How many partners, customers, members are actively involved in the community? Are they posting discussion topics, having conversations amongst each other and uh, with internal team members? Also, how actively? They are engaged, so it's not just about logging in and posting something, but how often are you logging in? What sort of content are you engaged in? And what kind of information, you know, what kind of feedback am I harvesting from those spaces? Whether that's ideation, you know, product feedback, who's engaging and what industries and how are they engaging? There's just a variety of ways that we're pulling data From the community. It's just another channel like marketing, like beta testing, like any other, like sales. We're we're harvesting information from our customers in a way that's less doctored or manufactured, like one sided. I'm always asking you something and really allowing the kids to go play on the playground. You watch them, and from Mm. their behaviors and activity, pull out information needed to build a better experience.
0: So are they engaging on like an internal system? Is it on social media? Like what, what are they engaging on?
2: So there are community management platforms. We currently use Influitive, but there are several kinds. There are Higher Logic. there's Bevy, there's Kronos. These are, again, technology platforms that create these digital spaces and also reporting technologies that allow you to not only create dedicated spaces to 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 gather, but also systems to pull out and extract those numbers needed.
1: I'm not familiar with those spaces. So can you kind of dive into what
2: that user experience looks like? Can you paint a picture a little bit more? Mm-hmm. So it was I think it built off the social media platform. So early community management was through those social spaces like Reddit. Facebook groups, Yeah, it was those dedicated you know, virtual spaces where like-minded individuals came and again, discussed and ideated. I don't know if that's a word, but it like- It is now. <laughs> well, they were able to talk about things. And from there, those companies, those community management platform companies took those fundamental truths in those spaces and were able to use technology to build a better space, whether that's gamification- of harvesting tools. So one of the tools we use in our community influtive is challenges. It's a gamified call to action where you do some fun activity that results in you providing us information and you may get points for doing it, which is again, that gamified things, those yeah. points you're then able to cash in for rewards. But once you've completed that call to action, we are then able to look into the information shared to again, build a better product or service or experience.
0: Why should a company be using, you know, tools like Influitive and, Mm -hmm. you know, Bevy and the community management versus, you know, just doing, you know, the traditional old way of doing marketing Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, newsletters, building community kind of like organically, I guess.
2: Because it's a lot of work that you would have to do where technology is made, like everything else, easier. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just an easier way to do it. And in a situation like COVID where you can't go out, old school way was you face-to-face with customers or community members. In a situation where you're remote or your customers are all over the world and you need those digital spaces, it allows you to pull all those tools like Zoom, surveys, NPSs, again, in one space. So you can harvest a lot of information as a one-stop shop.
0: How do you decide which customers can be part of this community?
2: Well, that's part of the added value prop. One of the things that I am probably less keen on when building community in the business space is that A lot of community is about creating value. And so often it's built on what level of engagement as a customer you are that gets you access to community. So, you Mm -hmm. know, some of our enterprise partners get a little bit more access because they've invested a little bit more in the partnership than others. I don't necessarily like that. I think community is built where everybody gets to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just, you know, sort of that old school idea is community is what we make it not what you pay for. So what's the biggest difficulty to building and
1: creating community within one's uh, company and then also with
2: one's customer? I think buy-in company, number one thing is buy-in, people getting what community is. It's often something that is not familiar to the business sector because they don't think in that way. And that sort of collective way, it's about dollars and cents. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, it's just the way it is. And so internal buy-in and an internal understanding of community is probably my biggest challenge in the corporate or B2B space, from a consumer standpoint, I think it's more of rules of engagement. It's like anything else. You have to understand what this community is for. You know, if I built an experience community, but the customer is looking for a support community, meaning customer support, getting you know support questions answered, it's not gonna work. You have to understand what the community is, what it offers you access to, and what you can use it for in a way that's beneficial to both.
0: You have been super involved in Cincinnati before yeah. you went out out west and now, <laughs> I guess, southeast. What do you think Cincinnati, and more specifically the Cincinnati business community, could mm. be doing in order to build, you know, community within, you know, industries or just the city itself and for actionable change or yeah. for actionable, you know, results from from, you know, building
2: community in the yeah. city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Cincinnati has such a rich history founded in innovation and community and if we could just get out of our own way, we oh are gosh, so no. quick to want to model ourselves after someone else. And yet we are everything that we need. You know, we talk about things like the Roebling Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, one of the most iconic bridges in the world, and yet we had it first. You know, the Cincinnati Reds, you know, the first fire station. Like we are a city founded on new exploration. Mm. Yeah. Can we get out of our own way enough to honor that in a way that allows us to build upon it? Are we not... Advancing and innovating enough
1: now, though, because here's my thing: we have a tremendous history, right? The Proctors and Gamble's of the world, like you said, crew Kroger for yeah, yep, yeah, Kroger, all that. Are we innovating enough in this city now? Do you think
2: we live too much in the past? Not from an innovation standpoint, from a evolution standpoint, from a cultural standpoint. I think we get in our own way of staying stuck in this sort of old school mindset, even though we understand the value of new school swag. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it can be stifling. Part of the reason I left Cincinnati is because I felt stuck in a box. I felt like I couldn't evolve in the city. I kept people kept pigeonholing me into, you know, uh, Jay Washington, Jay all day, you know, this, I wasn't able to grow and become who I ultimately am now. Now, do you think that's a personal thing? Or do you think, because sometimes... I, I,
1: I feel you on that. Yeah, And I, I sometimes feel the same way. And yeah. this is also why I love the digital world, hence creating yes. communities, because you yeah. can be a part of communities all over the world or all over the country right on. and live wherever you want. Right. So then there's also a part of me that I'm like, my perception, I've decided to flip the switch in my head yeah. of what my perception is on this city, knowing that it is great. Do you yeah. think sometimes we also, if that's where we're from, we're gonna be harder on ourselves from where we're from. And that if you don't go and travel the world, that's just kind of human nature. I that think you're, you're putting yourself, you are you yourself are putting, you're putting you into that box.
2: I think you get too conditioned, you are conditioned to put yourself in the box So It's like, yeah. we've always done it this way. You know, it's tradition. And sometimes tradition can be to a fault. And it's about adapting tradition evolving tradition. And I think we're getting there. I think the problems that I may have felt when I first left Cincinnati are not the same problems that are in Cincinnati now and that every city in America is dealing with Cincinnati, you know, meaning natives of a city are dealing with with the influx of new people holding on to the integrity of a space while allowing it to grow and evolve with a new that's being introduced. It's a delicate balance. Yeah, and so what is that new is what I would
1: like to know from your perspective. What do you think that new should be that's applied, that could be applied
2: into the city? What does that mean? Diverse voices, diverse conversations. You know, I think the ability to, again, not judge, listen to understand. We are so quick to decide what is right or wrong for our communities without really listening to what the communities have to say. You know, we elect these representatives to reflect our best interest and often they get sidetracked by individual interest or organizational interest solely from the standpoint of dollars and cents. And communities aren't built on strictly dollars and cents. How do you get Cincinnati to buy in to all of that? Open up the city to, again, diverse conversations and voices, different approaches that may look different from what you know. I mean, work in, in incubator spaces are really important and it not mm. limiting, it, limiting it to business, to exploring those incubators and cultural, yeah, community, yeah. educational spaces. It's, it, you know, community is so many different areas of human existence, And business is only one piece of that.
0: I would like to ask that question, similar question, um, but in the negative, you know, Mm -hmm. what you mentioned traditions are kind of, you know, getting in the way of some things in Cincinnati. Do you have any specific traditional thoughts or views that you think currently get in that way?
2: If I'm being, without getting too political, thinking from a solely two-party perspective, You know, the evolution of the political climate is really the hybrid of several. I think people are less likely or more people are exploring the idea of aligning themselves with the party that their parents align themselves with and really studying the individual and who they are and what they represent. At least that's my hope. So that you're now exploring, you know, things like uh, charters, things like different ways to sort of achieve common goals. Basically, coming into your own individual yes. thought, and
1: rather than just realistically following in your parents' footsteps yeah. or those traditional footsteps. That, yeah, and I do believe that actually social media and the digital world has allowed for more of that conversation and and hopefully more of that exploration
2: because we're exposed to other thoughts but you have to that challenge yourselves to be, yeah. because of things like algorithms to oh, get yes, out of your yeah, comfort yeah. zone and not solely only gravitate to people who agree with you. Because the way you grow is you're a little bit uncomfortable. Change is never easy. You know what I mean? There's this uncomfortableness with evolution. Yeah. I, but
1: I, and, and for me, it's like, I also just find it so hard to believe that it's just our city that experiences oh, it. And I'm definitely. sure it's right. So. Everywhere Because it's human,
2: human nature. Yep. So. It's not just a Cincinnati <laughs> thing as I go to places like Miami and you talk to Native people from Miami, Native the Miamians, they do say the same things. In New Orleans, Native New Orleans. That's your Linians. perception too, yeah. right?
1: Again, it goes back to flipping that switch on, on how you view your city.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, I guess what
0: would you challenge our listeners to do uh, in order to maybe enact change, be more mindful, and help build community?
2: Diversify your community. Join communities that are less like your own to explore how you can contribute actively to the alternative narrative. You know, being able to talk with each other with, again, a level of respect, kindness, acceptance, and understanding allows you, even if you don't agree, to understand. And so how would you recommend people going about that? Because I think,
1: you know, yes, go reach out, look for other groups, but literally if someone's like, I don't know where to begin, how do they find those groups? Hit me up.
2: Hit me okay. up, I'll connect you. You know, look for connectors, you know what I mean? Like, look yeah. for people who can assist you in those uncomfortable conversations. So peers, family members, a lot of my understanding of the alternative narrative comes from my friends, my peer circle. Yeah. You know, I you diversify your friend groups and they'll diversify your network. So important. With that said,
1: yeah. how, this will be a perfect segue, how can people get a hold of you then if you they know, want to contact you.
2: From a professional setting, my favorite spot in social is LinkedIn. And I know that's <laughs> nice. crazy. It's not like <laughs> IG. Like I go uh, hard on LinkedIn yeah. um, because I think there's something about being connected in a professional space that's different than being connected in a personal space. The, the conversations are slightly different. If you're looking to connect with me outside of the professional space, Jaybird's Journey is an IG page that I created to kind of take me through my journey of traveling. Um, Headspace for the year of 2021 has allowed us to work remotely. And so I've been building community through safely, socially distancing, traveling, and connecting with people in those meaningful ways.
1: And I do have this has kind of been one of those recent thoughts on my mind that I like asking people. If you were to go back to your beginning of your career, mm. what advice would you give yourself where and compared to where you are now?
2: Own your truth. Be honest and own your truth. Be comfortable in who you are, even when you are still in the learning phase. Like we are we judge ourselves so harshly. Yeah. You know what we I do. mean? Mm. Like be good with the pause. No one really, I mean, I think when you really understand the power of the pause, injecting a pause in anything, I challenge everyone out there when there's an opportunity to inject a pause, take a three count, three to five count, second count, Mm -hmm. and really leverage that pause and see how different things can go.
0: So, would you say that's your mindfulness
2: thought? Or- that <laughs> is my mindful no. moment for the day. Mindful moment, <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> And we got a jingle out of it
0: too. <laughs> well, this has been great. I think uh, you know it's a great note to
2: end on. And uh, thank you, Jay, for joining. Thank you for opening up this space. I just think it's really important that your voices are allowing others to share their truth in a way that only you two can. Yes, there are other podcasts up there, but there are no other podcasts like this one because there's no other individuals like Patrick and Allie. So thank cool. you very much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Oh, my God.
0: We're definitely, we
1: need to end on that
2: note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was great. You know, we talk, have a lot of actionable. Items for business owners to yes. help build community and an open space for you know their employees.
1: Oh my gosh. I know it was a lot of like this, a lot of snapping when, when Jay was <laughs> talking to, which I absolutely love because snaps talking about snaps for Jay. <laughs> because what's great about you know Headspace with what she's doing with her job, yes, it's creating community outside of Headspace, and that's what mm. Headspace does, but also I think it's so important to talk about building community inside your company first because in order to convince people outside what your your vision is and what your brand and, and what you're giving people is, you have to convince the people inside <laughs> before you can yeah, before you can actually take your product. And or and or service to the world. And I think
0: Jay brought that up, right? In the sense that you know she's obviously helping build the community from a sales perspective and customer centric approach. But also she just kind of took the initiative and helped build community internally with you know the open mic uh, Zoom uh, things that she put together, which I think is a really cool piece for even our listeners. You know you can create community and take the initiative on your own as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, engage and get feedback from what your employees might be looking for. What is there not enough of? What are they liking now? Continuing to do that goes back to that mindfulness, that communication. And we we briefly talked about this, but didn't record it. When she was talking about engaging and having those one-on-one conversations, and sometimes they could be tough conversations, I was like, oh, my gosh, I see, like, I envision, like, a dual room in the <laughs> office somewhere, and it's like, okay, talk it out. <laughs> you know, like, and There's going and creating be a fencing, a, yes. <laughs> fencing studio <laughs> in each
0: office space now.
1: <laughs> but now it's like, talk it out. But it's important, you know, and, and creating a healthy space for vulnerability that encourages, because sometimes, again, conversations can be tough. But it's important to have tough conversations. But then talk conversations can also be really fun. And inject the joy mm-hmm. where the joys should be. You know, well, so, like f-
0: fun and finance with uh, calculators. Yeah, but, um, yeah,
1: calculators, whatever that might be.
0: <laughs> that sounds. Also like, think about. It sounds like Eric, you know, uh, hordehog. Oh, <laughs> Shout out to the upside listened. co-host. Upside, if
1: you haven't listened to that, <laughs> go listen. To Eric. And
0: he, he, he's definitely one of those people that likes the fun in finance and calculators. So he does, he does. <laughs> well, Allie, I think you know we had a great conversation today, and so with that, yeah.
1: cheers, cheers. And here's some necessary legal stuff. Allie Martin and Patrick Bailey developed the When Pigs Fly podcast in collaboration with the Up Company LLC. At the time of this recording, we do not own equity or any financial interest in the companies which appear on this show unless otherwise indicated. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of the EW Scripps Company and its affiliates or Generator Management LLC and its affiliates or any entity which employs us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment or legal advice on the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. We also want to give a shout out to Claire and Christian of Moonbow. They're the two artists of our intro song, which is so catchy and gets stuck in our heads all the time. So bop over to Spotify or wherever you find your music and give them a listen. And Like the Night by Moonbow is courtesy of Silver Lake Sync.